This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. By a show of hands, how many in here in this room have been married at least to your, not, to, not multiple marriages now, I'm talking about to, your, to one spouse for uh, more, for 20 years or more, just by a show of hands, 20 years or more. All right, awesome. All right, I applaud you and I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. When we walk through this journey of life, especially in marriage. For those of you who are married, you know that there are times when you hear the birds singing, you see the butterflies and the beautiful flowers, and you're strolling down a path by the beach on Prince Edward Island. You know, that kind of setting. And you feel a great hope. Great hope. But then there are other times, and the birds aren't singing so loudly, (laughs) and the butterflies turn to moths. You know, and the beaches, well, they're just not around. (laughs) And the setting of your life is one where you no longer feel like hope is rising, but you can feel it like a barometer, the way it feels anyways, is that your hope is going down. I want to talk to you this morning about how we should handle it when our hope heads south. I was thinking about, uh, of course, my my parents-in-law are from Canada. My father-in-law lives in Niagara Falls, and um, many who retire, especially those who are in various professions, they end up moving down to Florida uh, for retirement. A very, in fact, I don't know that I have, there's probably an exception, but I've never heard of someone who retires and then heads to the North Pole. I have yet to, if maybe you know somebody, but I haven't heard that yet. When our hope goes south, sometimes, and I use that as a term, but what we do sometimes is we turn our eyes and we look out the door and we feel like our best friend has just left us, possibly never to be seen again. And sometimes when we lose hope, we lose purpose. And we end up becoming unfulfilled in what God really intended for us to do in life. It was interesting because as we were up in Prince Edward Island, Lucy Maud Montgomery, who is the author of the Anne of Green Gables books, as well as many other books, incredible story of she wrote her drafts and 
sent them out to multiple companies. And it was interesting because they actually had in this whole display the audio of the responses to her books. And uh, I think it was the first five companies that she submitted her writing to. They all said, there's no way this is going to fly. And they rejected her writing. She crumpled it up. She tossed it in a trunk. And her hope was dashed. And then later on, she said, you know what? I have poured my heart and soul into this. I'm going to give it another shot. She sent it to a publishing company in Boston. And they accepted her work. And it was a phenomenal success. For the most part, and at least all throughout the island, the standing focus of a lot of the tourism is through people coming because of reading those books. What happens when we lose hope is oftentimes we can lose our sense of purpose. The author of those books, Lucy, she ended up marrying a preacher and traveled to another location in Canada, but her heart really was always on Prince Edward Island as was evidenced through her writings. Things did not go very well and this pastor whom she had married would have times she described of, and this is her words, that in their working through situations with the kids and with the relationship that was like a living hell. And I never would have expected that, having read Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Actually, I didn't read Anne of Green Gables, but we watched some of the movie. And in the middle of all of the imagination, of the wonderful things, of the birds singing, the flowers growing, and all of the romantic aspect of life, there was still the reality of great challenge. And she shared times when her husband as a pastor would go through times of just doing absolutely nothing because he was so overwhelmed by the situations of life. You and I will always face the moments where things are not always on a high all the time. And God wants you and I to know how to handle those moments just like he wants us to know how to handle those moments where we feel like there is nothing that can stand against us because our God is with us. And so I want to just share some key things with you from the word of the Lord this morning. And I want to focus on how we handle when our hope goes south. Our response must be to look up. When hope goes south, look up. In Romans chapter 5, I want to read to you from verse 1. It says, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. 
we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. In Psalm chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will hear their cries and comfort them. You and I face challenges and trials. And I've heard it said many times, I don't know how I would have got through that if I, did not, if I was not able to put my hope in the Lord. When the storm comes, we must be able to trust in something that has rock solid that we're not just wishing or hoping in a sense of maybe that's going to help me, but we have to be able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that where we put our hope is worth putting our hope in. Psalm chapter 65 verse 5 says, You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God our Savior. You are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. Sometimes we can get so driven in life, and we take the responsibility on ourselves to provide our own hope. We plan to make ourselves to be in such a position where we can rely on ourselves for the future. <coughs> Jesus told the story of a man who had plenty. And he said to himself, I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to lay up for myself plenty. Why? So that I will be able to have hope for the future. That's in essence what he was saying. And then Jesus said, but oh fool, did you not know that tonight your soul will be required of you? And then what will those barns filled with stuff do for you? We sometimes are tempted to put our hope in what we can see. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. And my friend... If you choose to put your hope in yourself, your strength, your provision, your abilities, you may sustain that for a short time because the grace of God is giving you something that you don't deserve at the moment. Thank you. But when time passes, it will only be a matter of time before your sense of confidence is dashed. 
because what you're putting your hope in is not eternal. It's not long-lasting, and it's not solid. I want to talk to you about some key sources of hope. Job went through a great challenge. In fact, he got to the point where he said these words in Job chapter 17, verse 11, my days are over, my hopes have disappeared, and my heart's desires are broken. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. It's very important that you understand your relationship with the Almighty God. God wants to be your one and only source of hope. He does not want to be an option among many, that he may be plan B if things don't go well with what you've got going on over here. That maybe if your plan doesn't work out and all things go south, you're going to call on him and say, oh God, no, I haven't talked to you in a while, but I have no other choice right now. Any chance you could help me out here? And so often, God graciously steps in. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad he doesn't say, excuse me? Uh, how long has it been since we spoke? Do you know how long I've been waiting here to hear from you? And, and why exactly do you want my help right now? Did you really want to spend some time with me? Or are you just in a jam? God wants to be your only source of hope. And here's what happens. When you put anything else above God, God will make it so that you come to realize that he is your only source of help. Psalm 62, verse 5, Let all that I am wait quietly for, before God, for my hope is in him. Before we get to the keys for sustaining our hope, I want to share with you a few things that steal and rob our hope. Is fear. Fear robs us of hope. Have you ever spoken with someone and things can be going quite well? But they'll come up with a scenario that is the absolute worst case scenario even when things are going reasonably well. Fear can literally rob someone of hope even before the problem has even come. They begin, they begin to think, oh, this is probably going to be, and then the enemy fills in the blank for us. And all the while, 
He's dipping out from the well of our hope and removing hope from our life. This is why God says, and He doesn't suggest it, by the way, He says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. There's a reason behind that. Because anytime you allow fear in your mind and in your heart, what you're doing is you're opening the cover of the well for the enemy to come in and just start taking all the hope out. And the longer you dwell in that fear, the more hope leaves your life. God wants to be your number one hope. And so he says, do not be afraid. Fear robs you of your hope. The next thing that robs you of your hope is delayed answers. Especially in our society now, we expect things so quickly. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And oftentimes, when we are seeking the Lord for something and we are believing Him for something, we haven't received it yet, there is a period of time there where we are, our, our faith and our trust is tested. If you choose to trust the Lord, your hope rises. Because even before you have seen the promise fulfilled in your life, you are banking on the character of your heavenly Father. You are saying to yourself, He's never failed before, and even though I don't see the answer yet, I know it's going to come. Because He made me a promise. He said that everyone who asks, receives. That's the way He said it. He says, everyone who knocks, the door will be open to them. He says, everyone who seeks, finds. So, God wants you and I to trust Him. And as we trust Him, our hope rises. Delayed answers can many times diminish our hope if we choose to allow doubt and fear to govern our lives. The other component that robs us of hope is lies from the enemy. And those lies tell us that our God actually does not love us. He is not for us. In fact, he may be fighting against us. The lies of the enemy question the character of our God over and over and over again. And when you are living a life that always questions the character of God, how can you hope in a God you're not sure is going to come through for you? I mean, who would? If you have someone that you know in your life, and sometimes they're reliable and sometimes they're not, well, reasonably so. You may not be sure whether you can trust in them. But our God is never like that. And yet the enemy tries to convince us that he is. That sometimes God is good, and sometimes, well, not so sure. That in this one, I mean, look, I've been praying. I, look what's been going on in my life. Good God, why would he allow that? And all of a sudden, doubt begins to set in, and the devil says, I've hooked them. I've hooked them. There goes hope. Bleeding right out of them. For those involved in intensive care, 
they know that one of the first things you've got to do is stop the bleeding. And if you are going to be strong and serve the Lord with all that is within you, you've got to stop hope from bleeding out of your life. And the message I'm giving you today is something that will help sustain you because if you have hope in the Lord, listen to this, you can go for a long time without seeing the promise fulfilled and still have joy. When we were driving up to Prince Edward Island, it's absolutely beautiful. Would highly recommend it. But there's a portion of the highway that you could, I think, if I remember correctly, it's two hours. And as you drive, you see nothing except God's creation. Wonderfully paved road. Thank the Lord for that. But no gas station. Nothing. Nothing. You better hope you have a full tank of gas heading into that stretch. Because as you go, you're going and it, there's nothing except cars. And the only reason that someone would go on a stretch like that is because there's hope that you're going somewhere. You know what I mean? Because after you drive for an hour, you're tempted to go, man, this isn't what it, we're not seeing what I want to see here. This journey that I'm taking, I mean, I was hoping to be there a while ago. I've been driving an hour. I haven't seen anything. So we keep driving. Why? Because we have hope. Because there is a destination. And that's in the natural, right? In the natural, you do that. But in the spiritual, it's a similar thing. So in the spiritual realm, you're driving for an hour. You're praying. You're trusting the Lord. You're seeking Him. You're obeying Him. All is well on the instrument panel, but you haven't arrived at the destination. And God says to you, just keep going because I'm, I've got to bring you through this. There are lessons that you learn in the waiting that you will never learn otherwise. And I wish it were different, maybe. <laughs> you know, in the natural, I wish maybe that you could have these. It, I, I haven't seen it yet, but it probably would sell very well if they made some type of microwave that cooked your meals like a meal tastes when it's cooked the long way. You know what I mean? Just crisp on the top, not soggy and just like, you know. It, it, it's like a microwave, but not. In the spiritual realm, sometimes what we want is we want a meal that might be served to you at a very nice fine dining restaurant, but we would like it right away. God, you made me a promise. You've said that you would set me a table in front of my enemies with a wonderful, wonderful meal spread out. So let's have it. Let's have it. Everything right on the table right now. God says, I'm cooking. I'm cooking. If you just wait till the dinner bell rings, you'll enjoy an awesome meal. And I say this just to get the point across. God's not using the microwave. In other words, he's taking his time. He's taking his time. 
we read once again verse 3 of chapter 5 in Romans. When we run into problems and trials, we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So, the trials and the troubles strengthen your confident hope of salvation. But you've got to stick with it. Psalm 139, the psalmist asked the question, Lord, where do I put my hope? And then he says these words, my only hope is in you. My only hope. Friend, we are blessed, especially here in the United States. We are so blessed. We have so many options. When I traveled as a missionary, you wouldn't believe the people that are at their end of their rope, and they don't have any of the options that we have around Literally, I've been in hospitals where people are laying in a cot in the hallway because there is absolutely no room and there's no one to be able to tend to them, and their life is literally on the line. And their only hope is the Lord because they're not getting all the medicine at just the right time. They don't have the best of the doctors working on them. But here's the wonderful news. When we put our only hope in the Lord, we're not reliant on the best medicine. And I'm not saying that we can't use it, but you're not relying on it. So that it, there comes a point where you don't get it, you know that your source comes from the Lord. You see, your only source of hope is the Lord. And God may bring you through some situations to end up teaching you that so that you don't feel like your whole world just crumbled because in the natural, something just fell apart. When you learn to trust the Lord and you see something fall apart in the natural, the more and more you get to know the character of your Heavenly Father, the more you'll look at that situation and say, wow, an opportunity for a miracle because God made me a promise. He's not going to go back on it. I have no idea how things are going to work out. So this is going to be one wild ride, but my Father is faithful and He's going to see me through. Put your hope in the Lord. These four things now I want to uh, talk to you about where they're going to sustain your hope. One is the word of the Lord. That's why this morning we heard from so many words of promise from the Lord. Listen to these words from God's word. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. Psalm 119.74, same chapter, verse 81, I am worn out waiting for your rescue. Listen to that, that's a long time. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. It's been a long time. This journey's been a long one. I have not seen the promise of my Father, but it's on its way because he made me a promise. Abraham was made a promise that was not fully realized until after he left this planet. But God was still faithful. And you and I are sitting here today because we are children of Abraham. We're one of those sands on the seashore that God promised to Abraham. We're one of those stars in the sky that he said, your children are going to be more than the stars in the sky. God did fulfill his promise. 
And I want you to know no matter what's going on in your life, God will fulfill his promise to you. Don't allow your level of hope to be determined by what's going on all around you. Put your hope in the word of the Lord. Put your hope in his word. Psalm 119, verse 114. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Let that settle in your spirit. Your word is my source of hope. Verse 147, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help, and I put my hope in your words. Every one of us face the challenge of being overwhelmed by circumstances. Psalm chapter 143, verse 4 says this, I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. I'm losing all hope, and I'm paralyzed with fear. But the word of the Lord is what sustains us in the most difficult of times. So you may think to yourself, well, what does God really have in mind for me? Think about the, word, the words from the Lord that were shared in the service today. It's God's heart for you. Think of these words. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God says, I know the plans. Listen carefully now. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope, a hope. God wants you to be full of hope. He wants you to be full of hope. You're tempted. We are. We are all tempted. You get the phone call from the doctor. You get the phone call from your financial advisor. Whatever the circumstance is, Psalm 94, 19, when doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. The word of the Lord will sustain you. When you're low on hope, go to the word of the Lord. That's what's going to help you. Now, friends can comfort you, but be careful. Because Job had a few. And they weren't so helpful. You may have a few of those. And if you put your hope in them, which, you know, it's nice to have someone, a good friend. But if you put your hope in your friend, even a good friend, your hope can be dashed. Because they aren't unfailing. They are not perfect. They are not God. He is God alone. Put your hope in Him. You know, more and more, I, I remember years ago when I would uh, go through something, it would be like this burden of my soul. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but I would feel like I just had to tell somebody about it. And so I wouldn't feel peace until I unloaded on somebody. 
And I would just share with them, you know, whatever was going on and, and kind of wanting what I really wanted was to them to take a bucket of hope and just to fill my well. Like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through here. Let me just fill your hope tank and just fill me right up. But there were times when I would share and bear my heart and what I was hoping for did not happen. And here was my problem. I was looking to them for hope. Now, there's nothing wrong with sharing with the right people. But when you share, hoping that person is going to take the place of God, you're in trouble. And I would tell them, bear my heart, and they're like, all right now, friend, fill me up. And they had nothing to give me. My hope was dashed. And then you know what I did? That's when I'd come to the Lord. Lord, I was really hoping that this person would, like, really help me out. And they just really were not helpful. And God gently showed me, Joseph, next time just come to me first. Next time come to me first. And here's the way. Now, God does use people, by the way. He does. I'm not trying to speak negative about how God can use people. I'm just trying to warn you that you don't put your full confidence in people. But when you go to him first, watch this then God will send someone to confirm what he has told you. And they will minister to your spirit, and you'll be like, that's exactly what God said to me. That's a confirmation. And hope and joy fills you. Your hope must be in the Lord. His word sustains your hope. The next one is his name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Now, just think for a second, what visual do you get when you hear that? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. You know, we don't have like strong towers, you know, around here so much. When we were on the island of Prince Edward Island, they had this fort that we visited. And it was a place where it was all set up with cannons. And the cannons were positioned in such a way where they could shoot out, but they would uh, be well defended. And when we think about a strong tower, we think about something that is going to ward off the threat. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. The enemy wants to suck all of that joy out of you. But when you find your rest in the name of the Lord, you will be safe. I want to encourage you to not only go to the Lord when you begin to feel your hope level dropping. Stay filled up on a daily basis. You know, over the years in driving my vehicle, when I was younger, I didn't pay as much attention to keeping the gas tank full. You know, because you just, just get where you're I mean, what's the car for to get where you're going? You know, I guess you got to put gas in it, but let's just get going here. But then as time moved on, I learned more and more that it's good to keep the tank full, especially when you're on a journey Prices of gas can change like that. 
and it's better to be prepared. So I was delighted to be able to be driving that two-hour stretch of road with a full gas tank. And I didn't even know what to expect before. But I just kind of put that into practice on a general basis. If you remain full, you're going to find yourself in some long stretches of waiting on God. But you will not be disappointed if you keep your spiritual tank full. Put your hope in the Lord. He will not disappoint you. God's name sustains you. Next, his promises. Promises are so awesome because they never fail from the Lord. But here's what the enemy does because he can't annihilate those promises. But what he can do is he can cause you or try to cause you to forget them so that you will live as if you don't remember them. And then what will happen is you're going to be considering the worst case scenario and saying, no, 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 wait. My God says that he has a plan for a good future and not for disaster. The enemy will say, well, you know what? Disaster can come any time. God's word to you says, I've got your back. I've got your back. Don't walk out of this place with feeble knees. You walk out with confidence, not in yourself, but in God. And I love the beginning of Psalm 91 because it starts. Sometimes we go so quickly to the rest of the psalm. Don't forget the first two verses. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. That's where it starts. And then those promises that it says in the rest of the chapter will be yours. Hold firm to his promises. I want to encourage you because you know how God can highlight some things to you. Each of us do things differently. Some of us are more writers than others, and that's okay. Some of us, we like to draw pictures. Others sing songs, whatever you do. But help yourself remember the promises of God. If you've got to write them on a piece of paper and stick them on your fridge, then do it. If you need to put it on the mirror in your bathroom, then do it. If you need to put it in a little card and stick it in your wallet, then do it. But you need to work against the tide of the enemy to cause you to forget the promises of God. Because the more you remember his promises, the more hope you're going to have. And that will sustain you through the dry times, through the difficult times. And what a wonderful thing it is. Going through a difficult time and you look up and there on your wall you see written the promise of the Lord. You're like, oh yes, I remember that's true. That's what my God said I'm holding to that. You can help yourself remember the promises of God. And the Holy Spirit will help you help yourself remember the promises of God. His, his word, his name, his promises, and lastly, his love. Back to this portion of Scripture in Romans chapter 5. Hope, verse 5 says, this hope will not lead to disappointment. Why? Because we know how dearly 
God loves us. Why? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit fills you with the love of God so that you understand that he really does care about you, that these aren't empty promises. God's promises are never empty. Sometimes people can tell us something that we want to hear to get us to make a decision. You know, and I don't speak this negatively across the board because there are some wonderful scenarios, but there are some salespeople that can take advantage of someone who doesn't know the product, you know, and they can say things that are above and beyond just to try to get you to sell it or to buy it. I remember I was working for Radio Shack while I was going through Bible college. And one of the promotions, because they would try to encourage the people working there to get certain promotions, was if you sold a computer, you got a bonus in your paycheck. And, um, and so these computers that they had available, of course, Radio Shack had a limited line of different things. This wasn't like a computer store that had all these gadgets and stuff. For those of you, Radio Shacks are kind of going off the scene. But um, at the time, it was a big thing. And I remember we went to our prep rally the kind of their training the salespeople that we were told basically to do whatever it took to, sold the, to sell the computer. You know, if the person didn't necessarily need that much power, that you know, just don't even let them know they don't need that kind of power. And there was a sense of not matching up the need with the person. And no doubt that that training person, that's not all across the board. And I'm not trying to say that every single person handled it that way. But I just remembered in my heart that day, I said, I'm going to honor God with how I sell things. And I'm not going to pursue and push selling something just for a bonus in my paycheck. But I want to make sure that my words are honest words. And what the enemy does is sometimes he sells us a bill of goods that is fake and false. It does not meet our needs. But here's a wonderful thing you and I can bank on. Whatever God gives us is always good. It's always good. He's never going to take you for a ride. He is always going to follow through on his promises. I'm going to ask if all of us could just close ourselves in with God. I truly believe that this word is for maybe some, maybe all, the Lord knows. But this word that I shared with you today is what God put in my spirit throughout this last week while I was on Prince Edward Island. That God wants your hope to be in him. And he does not want your hope to be dashed. He will come through for you. It may take a while. You may not have seen it yet, but God's promise will prevail. I like to always give the opportunity, if you're here at Christian Life Center and you have not chosen to give your life or your heart to Christ yet, I always want to give an opportunity for anybody present to take that step. Maybe you walked in today. The Holy Spirit drew you here. But you would say, you know what? I'm not 100% sure that I'm ready for heaven.
My friend, you can walk out of this place beyond a shadow of a doubt knowing that your name is written in the book of life. Because the Bible tells us that with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If your name is not written in the book of life, it can be written today. And so my, my friends in this room, if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I want to make sure that my name is written in the book of life. I want Jesus to forgive me of all my sin. I know that he suffered on that cross and he paid for every single thing that I've done wrong. And I want to ask his Holy Spirit to come in, wash me, cleanse me, and make me brand new this morning. If that's you in this place, would you simply stand to your feet right where you are? If that's you, this is a very specific request. But if that's you, then would you please stand? If that's you, this is your opportunity. I never rush past this part because this is why Jesus died. We don't do this as a ritual. This is, the Bible tells us, the step of being born again. A couple of my friends have stood this morning, and I know in my heart that they have made a dedication in the past to follow Christ. And I know that their heart is pursuing the Lord. So I'm going to bless them today and ask that the Spirit of God will give them strength to remain on the straight and narrow path. Father, in the name of Jesus, for my brother and sister who have stood to their feet today to rededicate their heart to you, I believe it always pleases you when we pursue you. And so I just pray for a sense of confident assurance in their hearts that they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are yours. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would minister to their minds and their hearts and their spirits and their bodies today. I pray your blessing for them. I pray that you would minister to them in every way and give them your peace. Lord, I bless my sister today. Fill her to overflowing with your hope, with your joy, and may she be a blessing to others. Lord, for my brother who is standing, I just pray for him. God, I thank you for the work you're doing in his life. I thank you, Lord, for the prayers that you have answered. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that my friend here was able to see his sister for the first time last week. I thank you for the ways that you are bringing healing and hope into his life. I pray your touch upon him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, for every single one of us in this room, God wants you to live filled with hope. The enemy is working overtime to try to rob and to steal, to kill and to destroy. That's what he does. And he's very good at what he does. But I'm so glad that there is no weapon formed against us that will prosper. Because as we put our hope in the Lord, you can rise above every lie of the enemy. 
Everything that the enemy does to try to tear you down, you can leave this place more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ because of what he's already done for you. I want to pray for you this morning as we leave this place. And if you need a special touch from the Lord today, now your level of hope needs to be maintained. So it's not something where you just pull into church, fill up your hope, and then wait till next Sunday. It's not how it works. You need to do this every single day. You need to dig into the word of the Lord. Remember his promises. Trust his character. Believe his word. He will come through for you. But today, you're here in the presence of the saints, and you're here in the presence of the Almighty God. And so I want to pray for you this morning that God, through his Holy Spirit, will give you very specific ways that you can remain confident in him, even through the very difficult circumstances of life. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're feeling that you need some extra hope in your life today. I'm going to ask you as we close this time out in prayer, if you would just simply leave your seat and just come stand at this altar. I'm going to pray a word of prayer of hope for you, and then we're going to go our ways. But if you need an extra filling of the hope of the Lord, I'm just going to ask you to stand right up from where you're sitting and just simply come up front. If you're asking, Lord, I need a special touch of hope in my life right now. That is the opportunity that is presented for you this morning. If that's you, would you come? This is between you and the Lord. Don't worry about what other people think. Who cares? There's nothing like being filled with the hope that God's got good things in store for you. God's got good things in store for you. Spirit of God. For those of you in your seats, I'm going to ask you to join with me in prayer. What we're going to do is we're just going to simply ask the Lord that the love of God that is shed abroad by the Holy Spirit will be ministered in such a special way that every person who took the step of faith to stand at this altar will not only leave this place with an extra sense of hope in the Lord, but that that will be maintained day in and day out. Would you simply stretch your hands forward this morning as we join together in prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm just going to pray. Sorry, I didn't expect you to repeat after me. I just thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are here at this altar. And I thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in their lives. Their step forward is a step of faith to say, God, I choose to believe your word. And Lord, I've been there. I, I need a regular filling of hope. And I just stand in the gap with my brothers and sisters this morning, believing for your supernatural touch. Lies that the enemy may have spoken in the past, I cancel them right now in the name of Jesus. Every word from the enemy that would almost be like a false prophecy, I cancel you in the name of Jesus. For the word of the Lord is that he has a plan to prosper you 
to give you a hope and a future. And I claim that for you today in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your word will always be at the forefront of every single person standing at this altar and that it will be even more so from this day forward. I pray that hope will rise to the point where each one will be able to be so filled with joy. Oh God, that the burdens will roll right off their shoulders. May they be free, free to rejoice, free to delight themselves in the promises that you have made them. So now, based upon the promises of the Word of God, I commend each of you who have come forward into the hands of the Almighty God, knowing that His plans for you are good and that He will fulfill His promises in your life. Please do not forget His Word. Please work hard at remembering what God has said and do not allow what the enemy would like to say to speak into your life. Believe the word of the Lord. Hold tightly to it, and it will be fulfilled in God's good time. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayer, and thank you for filling all of us with hope. In the name of Jesus, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful day in the presence of the Lord. And uh, be sure to greet each other as you leave today and allow the Holy Spirit to fill your heart with his hope. God bless you all.